0: Welcome to the show, 5 Star fam I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Welcome to another Five Stripe Weekly episode, and yeah, it is a, an eventful week. Uh, yeah, preseason has started, and we will get into a lot of transfer rumors and a very, very spicy post-mortem exit article by Chris Smith talking with Anton Walks, now of course with Charlotte FC. But before we get into all that, the preseason schedule has been announced and Yeah, there's a lot of closed games, but there's a couple of games that uh, fans are able to go to, so we can rejoice there. But uh, yeah, to uh, go over that, January 25th will be the first preseason match against the Georgia Storm. That will be at the training grounds. And then uh, January 30th will be against the Georgia Revolution, a local kind of smaller club at UGA, the, of course... Uh, the college champs, uh, college national champs now, and uh, yeah, that will be probably crazy uh, if you've ever been to a UGA game. Uh, I imagine, I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to be like packed like a UGA game, but it will be still very, very awesome. Uh, and then uh, it will be Delaya, or Salaya uh, FC, that will be in Guadalajara, Mexico, that will be February 6th. And February 13th will be against Chivas. That also will be in Guadalajara. Unfortunately, that's also closed. That would have been a really, really fun away day. But uh, alas, that won't happen. But uh, yeah, and that last preseason match will be against, again, Birmingham Legion FC. Uh, and that will be February 20th uh, in Birmingham. So, or Birmingham, rather. Uh, not, not the UK version but uh yeah i know right that would be fun uh yeah birmingham city yeah that would be uh that'd be insane friendly to play just incredibly random if that were but uh which one of these uh piques your interest the most and uh, of course we will have the uh the first match of the season on february 27th against skc but uh yeah which one piques your interest the most
1: I think from a competition and test standpoint, I think Chivas probably intrigues me the most. Uh, You know, towards the end of uh, the preseason and generally, you know, the typical, um, I guess, conventional thought is that your last couple preseason games, you're really trying to ramp up, and so um, I think, yeah, it'll be a good test. I think we'll see uh, where the teams at heading into the season. Uh, In terms of being able to attend, because I think that's really that's a real fun of a preseason game. It's just um, the hangout, right? Because you know the soccer is not going to be pretty. Um, you know players are going to be rusty. And so just, it's just seeing soccer again, live soccer again, and uh, being with folks. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think the Athens atmosphere, um, yeah, like you said, it may not pack out um What is the name of that stadium again? (laughs) It's uh, Sanford Stadium of Blues. Stanford, right, right, right. Yeah. You're not, you know, Sanford's huge. I think it's like over 100,000 at this point Um, or close to it. So you're not going to pack that out. But I think that there will be like a sort of, I would expect there to be a decent atmosphere because I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, it is a college town. And I think that a lot of people in that age group actually do follow Atlanta United. Um, and you know do like soccer in general and so I think that uh for a lot of them it probably would be one of their first opportunities to see the team in person so I think that actually i think that is strategically um i think it's well played from the from the club from a from a marketing standpoint from a PR standpoint you know yeah. you uh, go to a different part of the state um you know play in front of Fans that may not. Uh, have the opportunity to see the team live, otherwise. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, at Birmingham, like you said, I think that uh, you know, if I remember correctly, two or three years ago we they went to Birmingham and uh, it was a pretty it was there was an atmosphere, you know what I mean? Uh, it was pretty rowdy. Uh, the game itself was competitive, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the last uh, preseason match. And so again, I think there will be that just a little bit of edge to it where both teams are gearing up with their seasons and actually want to put down a good performance in front of their fans and yeah who knows I mean you might see us at uh, at one of those two so
0: yeah indeed, indeed yeah well said on all that I mean I, I don't think I could say it any better uh and so yeah basically uh that UGA one I think uh is the one that I'm looking at uh, against the Georgia Revolution that will be uh quite a bit of fun and that's like pretty much this uh coming Sunday so it will be uh Very, very soon, obviously. Uh, And we'll have uh, as much coverage as we can, as usual. But uh, moving on from that, uh, the transfer rumors of this week. And so the big one is Ezekiel Barco linked with a move, a season-long loan to River Plate. Of course, the world-famous River Plate. And Marcelo Gallardo, he reportedly called Barco, and uh, yeah, Barco is keen on the move. So, I mean, you know, is this a move that essentially, well, uh, you know, there is the option to buy at the end of this as well? Uh, now, you know, River Plate, uh, is this like PR-wise, marketing-wise, a good look for Barco and LA United, uh, you know, coming from Independiente to LA United? No move to actually Europe. Uh, you know, interest from a lot of Brazilian teams, but Barco uh, seems to uh, be on the move to uh, one of the, probably one of, of two of the biggest Argentine teams uh, in that country. So, good move.
1: Ooh, uh, I think it's a move that, uh, you know, if it happens, it probably. Has to, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this because part of it, of course, is um, of it's 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 kind of linked to Almada coming in. we we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But um, I mean, look, when he first came here, when we first uh, invested in him, the idea was that uh, he would be eventually he would go to Europe, um, you know, for top dollar. Um, I think that was probably a Daniels quote about a memory that he wouldn't accept West than or whatever at one point. Um, and so from that perspective, that just didn't happen. <laughs> you know, like he, Belco did not, I think we have to be clear to say, Baco did not develop the way we thought he would uh, when he came in initially. And, um, and I, you know, I, I think I wonder too, from an Argentinian perspective, would they even be happy to see him back in the league? You know what I mean? Because... Idea. you know like he was he was uh, one of the bigger prospects he was uh, supposed to show his stuff in Europe and continue to develop his game and you know it kind of feels like if he were to leave right now I feel like the feeling is that he it's kind of his game has stagnated right and so like he's essentially going back to Argentina maybe there's a Europe is still in his future if he um, you know rediscovers some different form uh, when you reimagine team Argentina, but you know, like I think it's, uh, I think you said this, uh, before this is like more of a sideways move than anything else. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so it's all that to Uh, like you said it to me, yeah, probably is a sideways move, a lateral move. Um, because obviously, um, you know, the size of river plates, well, it's still that like, uh, you know while lgp is joining them there is like a level of where um you know is this actually a jump into uh you know a more competitive league uh it's arguable uh but it's also yeah you know i think tied with uh, julian alvarez moving possibly to man city uh for river plates in that degree in that uh you know they're looking for a playmaker they're looking for somebody that yeah in the sense uh you know if he performs well you know uh, there are definitely European eyes on this team as well. So, you know, really not uh, maybe the worst to that degree. But uh, will it get us top dollar? Uh, probably not. Uh, will it even get us double digits? Debatable. Uh, and so, uh, you know, yeah. and if they if they did, it would be a coup of a lot of sorts because it's like, how did you manage that? <laughs> exactly. <At laughs> you this point. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's the thing too. It,
1: it, 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 that's what makes this odd for me. Like I don't really know how to analyze this. Like one, the contract situation, because mm-hmm. I thought that this was his final year, it and is. so how is how is a loan with an option to buy at the end of it going to yeah. make any kind of sense? And then, mm-hmm. um you know, he like he has a role in the team now. Like I don't. I think that there were parts of Barkley's play last season that were encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that having him on the field with Marcelo and Joseph Arouche actually was effective. Or Marcelo, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What was that, yeah.
0: uh, You said, uh, I think, Marcelo, I think.
1: But either way, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, and so, yeah, you know what I mean? And so to disrupt that... Um, so, essentially, I mean, yeah, well, again, we'll talk about our motto, but if it is that, that you're bringing in a new player to replace Barco in this, in much of the same way that Barco first came in, like, mm. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: it's unsettling the team a little bit for sure. Uh, uh, and definitely, yeah, there's bits of it where, um, yeah, uh, we'll get to it in a second. But uh, with Barco... There definitely is a little bit of, uh, you know, COVID-related kind of uh, depression of the market a little bit. And so, you know, could he have gone earlier if the market was a little bit uh, what it was before, where it was wild? It was transfer fees were insane. And yeah, that definitely uh, could have been the case if it had been, you know, uh, a regular transfer market. But it's not. And uh, people aren't going to, and teams aren't going to take a flyer on A player that uh they have arguable uh questions about about his physicality about his ability to uh you know maybe take the punishments uh because yeah you know if he does move to europe the it will be greater punishment to a degree um but yeah go ahead
1: yeah and here's the thing too like we've seen european teams make the move for young mls players young domestic mls players right and then you just referenced um, Julian Alvarez, who's now being linked with City. He was linked with Man U before. And so European teams are making those moves, right? Mm. And so you have to you have to think that they, they do have eyeballs uh, in all of these places. And so um, you're not really going to hide Barco's play, you know what I mean? Like, they've seen him. They've probably seen him. And the fact that there's a lack of interest, I think, is telling.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and getting to Tiago Almeida. So, uh, you know, uh, there is uh, some questions in the media about him. And Darren Eels uh, in the media did mention that uh, the club has an option for Tiago Almeida. And uh, Eels said that any player Atlanta United signs undergoes an NFL-level due diligence process. Uh, You know, whatever that means. Uh, But uh, obviously there is the... Uh, sexual abuse case against Almeida and uh, you know so obvious um, you know question marks and red flags before he's even incoming and then plus the unsettling of a, uh, you know a team where basically we were relying on Barco for large parts last season and there's also that aspect of uh, yeah settling in and then Almeida wants to pretty much uh, you know do probably one year and go to Europe so uh, you know, for a stopgap, you know, is it even worth the uh the efforts? I mean, yeah, especially you're taking a loss on Barco more than likely, and then uh, you know, spending about as much or uh whereabouts for Almeida. Uh obviously, money isn't an issue for blank, but uh yeah, you know, what what are your thoughts on this?
1: So and I'll just uh, touch on the unsettling part of the real quick, like if it's a case of he wants to leave, right, whether it's to Argentina or to Europe, like that's one thing. But my thing is at this point, like it probably makes more sense to try to just make it work with her for a couple more years and then see if there's interest or just making part of the team long term. I mean, like Diego Valeri was a part of Portland for a long term and that turned out pretty well, right? And so not every player that comes from uh, other leagues, you have to like then flip necessarily. Yeah. Joseph Joseph is a prime example of that. Um, and so now in terms of the Almeida thing um, and Darren was giving this quote, I guess it's good that uh, the media specifically the ones with press passes are actually asking these questions and generating this conversation i think that's an important step um but i hope that he was challenged on that quote a bit i mean like i don't know who that's supposed to inspire confidence for nfl level due diligence process like unfortunately nfl players like in recent years and i guess maybe they now have a due diligence process that's strict because of the amount of sexual abuse and domestic uh, violence cases that have been linked with nfl players um and i you know i personally think i um i you know i feel that it has something to do with the head injuries and whatnot but it's not an excuse don't get me wrong like it's just and so no i i don't know any i don't have any recent memory of the falcons necessarily um have any players on their roster uh, who have like uh, sexual abuse cases or domestic violence cases linked with them? So maybe that's what he's referring to. But in any case, what due diligence is the club doing other than waiting for this case to play out? Like they're not doing any due diligence. I I, I find it hard to believe that Atlanta United is getting involved with Argentina. Uh, well, yeah. Like, like,
0: yeah, with litigation and like what, what are they like, are they asking, you know, the uh, the government's like Yeah,
1: uh, what do they have sources or plants like I I probably not right so they're, they're yeah. just sitting there crossing their fingers Waiting for this case to play out and a big part of this case that we're still waiting an update on Is the DNA test that was supposed to come last week. I don't think we've gotten any updates on that I see that our. Uh, Friend of the channel Gustavo uh, posted sort of a thread update yesterday, but like to say that there hasn't really been an update. So you know, like is it is it delayed or has something you know come to the surface that they haven't released yet? And what does Atlanta United actually know? Like these are my questions, and it's just so messy, and I just feel like this is avoidable, and.
0: And and I think that's pretty obvious that, uh, you know, with the option, like most of these transfers aren't this way. You know, usually you put the money up front uh, or like, you know, in payments and you get the player and it's not an option, uh, you know, because we don't have the player. So how do we have an option on this player? It's because, yeah, unless Sarsfield realizes the sticky situation that this player is in. And that, uh, yeah, in the world scale, I think most of the people know too. Because, uh, you know, transfer market, they rate him as probably the highest of uh, the players in South America talent wise. And, yeah, <laughs> I think that's so telling that, uh, yeah, it is pretty much waiting on this. So, uh, in answering the questions about uh, a lot of this, uh, Darren Eels uh, talked about Barco and Jurgen Dahm. He said that uh, there will be com- comings and goings, and amongst the current roster in the coming in the coming weeks. But uh, on Dom, Eels said that quote, "We'll have a chat and try to find the best opportunity," unquote, for him. So uh, yeah, that pretty much means that they're trying to move him, and uh, <laughs> they just uh, they haven't found a taker. And uh, basically, yeah, the albatross of a contract is uh, basically hamstringing the club. Uh, to make other moves that uh, pretty much have not been happening this off season. I mean, uh, we've made a few, some, uh, you know, uh, a backup goalkeeper properly in that sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, bringing in Ronald Hernandez permanently. But, uh, yeah, you know, in terms of actual uh, inspiring moves, uh, this is like we've lost a bunch of uh, useful players, it seems like, and uh, the roster is mostly
1: the same. I mean,
0: what, what,
1: agree, disagree? <laughs> agree, I mean, like, I, what I will say is that I think most of the starting 11 is pretty set. Um, so I mean, so, I guess depending on what the system is, but, and I guess you could say also Aruju came in in the middle of the season, and so this will be his first full offseason, and uh, I think we'll see improvement there. Um, I do wonder if they're also just banking on improvement internally in general. So somebody like George Campbell, for example, right? Um, You know, and then, like, one of the things that Darren Neal's apparently mentioned is that they're not going to be accepting offers for Robinson at this time, which probably makes sense. He's the core of the back line, like... um, And a big enough offer probably
0: hasn't come in that uh, has really made them be like, ooh, maybe we
1: should... So, exactly, um, yeah, and that, even though, as I said before, I'm pro uh, letting Miles Robinson go if the opportunities there, um, I think it has to be smart for everyone involved, and so, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't take the first offer, you know, and, like, at this point, <laughs> the season starts in a month, so yeah. probably not the best time to uh, let go one of your most uh, important players, arguably your, your most important player, so. Right.
0: For sure, for sure. Uh, and then also, uh, yeah, uh, there was uh, a trip to Argentina for Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra, and probably some other uh, staff members too. But uh, yeah, the uh, the rumor is from Kike H- Henovar that uh, Eels watched Rosario Central. They're friendly. Uh, on over the weekend, uh, and it was presumably to scout 20 year old Mexican Ford Luca Martinez de Puy. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, a guy that's already a youth international for Mexico. Uh, I mean, it seems like a guy that's uh, you know, uh, with eight goals, and uh, in their, um, in I believe it was, uh, yeah, kind of a, a decent amount of uh, appearances. Like, wasn't, uh, like, a pretty good return in that sense. uh, And, you know, a guy that's, you know, for 20 years old, maybe replaces that uh, U-22 spot for Eric Lopez. Uh, There's other speculation that maybe it's for another player, Pereira, a winger. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, could be something that's, you know, uh, we could look at as well. Um, You know, obviously, uh, you know, we do have... uh, A couple wingers uh, in this squad that's, I mean, if you count Moreno uh, in that sense, uh, because he might have to move to that side for Almeida if he does come in. Uh, Maybe there isn't exactly a spot there, but for a uh, backup striker that uh, has some good promise to uh, pretty much hold down uh, the fort and steed of Jose Martinez if he ever uh, does have to come out of the side, I mean, yeah, what, what do you think about this, uh, you know, this apparent rumor?
1: Um, I think it is interesting, especially uh, when you consider the um, the age aspect, right? And that the fact that he would be a U-22 signing. Um, it does seem like they're trying to replace Lopez in that regard, which, okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I guess we'll see how that plays out, but um uh, well, uh, I mean, like, other than that, I mean, I guess it's exciting, uh, you know, it's always been exciting being linked to, like, attacking players and forwards and so forth. I do wonder, I feel like we may need to address the left wing position. I don't know if we yeah. have, like, a true winger um, in that sense, like somebody who, uh, you know, who can take on fullbacks one one, um, can kind of um shoot with their inside foot and you know also cross with their outside foot a little bit um and so it's uh because i think like we have a ruju for the right side uh but um if we could rep- sort of replicate his play on the other side i think that would definitely help uh, the rest of the attackers because i think like moreno um uh barco right now anyway are more comfortable in the middle if almeida comes he's more comfortable in the middle so mm-hmm. um it's just it'll be interesting to see i think uh how the team addresses that right
0: yeah i agree with you somewhat i think uh, a lot of our um you know kind of wing play does come from the uh the fullbacks that we have and so the crosses will come from there but uh yeah to be a little bit more unpredictable yeah i definitely agree like yeah if uh you know um you know obviously Moraney's in the side but I wouldn't say that he's maybe you know starter material but he can put in a cross from that left side uh but yeah it's one of those where um, yeah if we could get somebody that you know is a little bit uh, uh a different dynamic than uh what we have for yeah. the Wingers then I think that would be something that uh, would be quite welcome but uh moving on from that uh the team did Announce now it's a new homegrown, and that is Caleb Wiley, the left back, the 17-year-old. Uh, he's 5'10", so like a you know, different uh, different size to, uh, say, the player that we currently have there right now in George Bellow. Uh, but definitely a very talented kid. And, uh, yeah, an academy player since the inception of Atlanta United. Uh, he was with the U-12s. And so, uh, yeah, definitely a, uh, a player that, uh, you know, we have been grooming for a long time. And so, uh, you know, definitely great to see uh, Wiley get that, uh, you know, homegrown contract. And, uh, you know, hopefully he will, uh, you know, play uh, a lot of minutes for the twos and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, make his uh, his moves into the first team if George Bellow does uh, move on. But uh, speaking of George Bellow, Uh, in the u.s men's national team unfortunately he didn't make the team uh you know but uh miles robinson and brooks lennon did and uh it is an interesting uh roster for sure as there are four right backs in this roster but uh only one left back and george bellow doesn't make it it's uh you know, uh, U.S. men's national team fans probably were up in arms. Like, what's the deal? What <laughs> What's with this uh, roster construction? But, uh, yeah, does, does it make sense to you? Like, uh, you know, is Bellow just maybe giving, uh, giving a rest as uh, he's a known quantity to Greg Berhalter?
1: Yeah, because uh, I haven't seen, I don't think we've seen DeAndre Yedlin in a, in a while. So yeah. uh, maybe it's a case of he's wanting to give somebody else a different look. Um I think Sergino just can play on the left. Um funny enough, he's been linked with uh, Chelsea because yeah. you know, <laughs> kinda struggling in that position right now and um so yeah, so maybe he's bet- that's in the thinking as well. Uh has Brooks London played on the left in the past? I feel like I remember he him has doing that. Not. No. Okay, so, uh okay.
0: It wouldn't be Two. uh yeah, I, I don't think uh, he would try that out quite yet uh, during yeah, these uh,
1: World Cup qualifiers, but... Right, but yeah, right. mm-hmm. um, But no, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I, You know, maybe he's a little bit unlucky, but I also don't think that was necessarily um, at the point where he's a rock to make the team. Um, you know, I think he's one of those that he'll get looks, um, especially when he's in form. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, kind of like uh, Book and now, you know, uh, Book Sun is getting a look. I, I was a little bit surprised that he made it for World Cup qualifiers, but, uh, yeah, he must have uh, impressed in his last go-round in the January camp. So, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Uh, it's uh it's an interesting roster and it could be uh, just where, you know, they're just kind of um, trying some things out. But uh, also, Jose Martinez and Ronaldo Hernandez, they joined Venezuela for their World Cup qualifiers as well. So uh, they're not with uh, the team in preseason at the moment. Uh, But uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't, uh, you know, sort of that acclimation period uh, being integrated back in, that uh, it won't be too difficult. Uh, Also, uh, Machop Chol will... Uh, also, uh, be playing for South Sudan in the upcoming FIFA window, so uh, you know, that's awesome for the homegrown as well to be able to get called up. And also, a uh, Johnny Fortune, uh, the lni 2 player, uh, he got called up to Trinidad and Tobago for their international friendly against Bolivia. And so, uh, definitely congrats to all of those players. Uh, on receiving those call-ups, uh, of course, uh, Johnny Fortune, uh, a little, a little bit uh, near and dear, because uh, you know, of course, uh, Mark is, uh, you know, TNT uh, by blood. Anyway, uh, I don't know by uh, by choice of uh, <laughs> of uh, the team that you will uh, support. Probably both, a little <laughs> bit of US Men's National Team and uh, TNT. I uh, I presume, yeah. but uh, you tell me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's uh, they're just a uh, totally different. Like at this point, TNT is like a fourth division team, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. it's like they don't even really uh, mix anymore. I mean, they do play each other, and when they do, I would root for TNT. But like yeah. that's more of a long shot underdog thing mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but it, it's cool to see uh, Johnny keeps getting pumped up, um, and I think it's a good experience uh, getting uh, that so many international caps early on. Um, he'll definitely be tested. Um, you know, unfortunately, in this go round we lost five 0 to Bolivia, but uh, unfortunately, that's like to be expected right now. Um, mm-hmm. The football's kind of in the mud, but um, but I think uh, it will do well. I think for for Johnny to continue getting this playing time, and you know, and then of course continue on with United or you know wherever he uh, his career takes him. All right.
0: And so uh, moving on from that, LA United announced that Eugenio Viazon will join the coaching staff as an assistant coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, you know, he is a well-respected and very prestigious coach. Uh, and he'll bring a lot of experience and, uh, yeah, kind of the uh, good human values, uh, quote-unquote, says uh, Gonzalo Pineda. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, there's a lot of development that he can bring to uh, the staff that um, yeah, maybe uh, will be just from a, a different standpoint. But uh, he came from Liga size side, Toluca. And uh, yeah, he coached alongside uh, very, very prestigious uh, manager Enrique Mesa. And so uh, definitely welcome to ViaZone. He uh, seems like uh, a good hire for that bit, uh, kind of with that uh, kind of uh, experience uh, having known Gonzalo Pineda. And so, yeah, this could be a coup. We'll see uh, how that pans out. But uh, moving on from that, Darren Eels announced that there will be an in-person kit launch event this year. Uh, it will be for that uh, kind of rumored mint kit that uh, we will be getting this season. And so, uh, you know, they, uh, we will see when that actually is and, uh, you know, if it actually is mint. But, uh, you know, I think uh, more or less the reports are probably going to be true. So moving on to the last story of this uh, news segment And it's uh, Chris Smith's 90 Min article on Anton Walks and his exit from Atlanta United. And uh, one of the telling quotes was that he said, when I found out I'd been left unprotected for the expansion draft, it came as a surprise because we've been talking long term about staying in Atlanta. And he also talked about how, uh, yeah, he was, uh, you know, Uh, He found that out from pretty much, uh, you know, social media, not from the team. And kind of unsettling to a lot of degrees because he was trying to settle down in Atlanta with his family. And so uh, definitely, yeah, I think that brings some large questions onto this front office. What did you think of this article, Mark?
1: (laughs) Like, we were already frustrated with this move as it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you you, uh, you didn't think you could feel worse about it? Here, hold my beer. Like, jeez, <laughs> yeah. man. It's just so, it's so unprofessional. Like, relationships are a big part of what the front office does, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that and the precedent that they set internally and with players in general is important. And so like that sort of thing, like not being straight up with players, not communicating with players, that's the sort of thing that players talk about, you know? And so like like okay, we saw the I forget who did the uh, the polls or about MLS teams, but like at the United I think were the you know, most desired a uh, place to play among players, but it's not going to stay that way if, like, players will keep telling each other, hey, this is how they operate, just so you know. Like, oh, yeah, they, 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 they preach a family atmosphere, but it's not really the case. Like, I mean, that's just inexcusable, man. I mean, like, and I, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I don't think Anton Walks has any reason to be dishonest about this. You know, like, we, any, the fact that he left for Euro and came back to Atlanta United you know, I think it showed. It showed from there there was a strong connection, and the fact that he went from not being a guaranteed starter to pretty much being undroppable, it just showed. Like, I, I love seeing players like work their way into an important role, right? Because they sort of they sort of see all levels of it, and I think that. In a lot of ways, those guys can be the most effective leaders. Mm-hmm. A- and then to to get rid of him in this manner, and as we've gone, we I've said before, like why did you leave Anton Walks unprotected? You could have left his set to you could have left him assuming Hyman. Like nobody's gonna pick those players up at those salaries, even if you were afraid of losing them, which I'm not sure why you would be, but eh. that's a whole other matter. Mm-hmm. But you you know i have my theories on that bit, but yeah that's in terms of how i felt about it like i was just i was i was little really sick i mean you were there when when i, when I read i the quote for the first time but like i was so just sick and it's just it's not it, surprising and, and this is the it's thing It's true. that
0: uh this has happened there's a precedent uh lgp done into nagby Uh, you know, Julian Gressel to a degree as well. There is pretty much a lot of, uh, players that felt spurned, uh, and it could have been where, yeah, they could have just been told straight up. You're, uh, you know, you are, um, pretty much excess, you know, maybe not told that way, but you're not, uh, you're surplus to requirements a little bit. Maybe it's like, Hey, we're considering, uh, you know, something like a communication with the player. And then they would be like, okay, well, I accept that. You know, maybe there's like something that I can improve in my game that can make me uh, maybe more intangible to this side. But uh, you know, in that degree where you know it's not even told because of what, because of cowardice, probably. Yeah, there is. Uh, I think. Uh, I think reason for people to be upset. And, uh, you know, walks uh, in that article, did say that he's moved on. Uh, but uh, definitely, yeah, it's something that's, you know, by in large part, the most frustrating bit is to lose him for $50,000 in game. Like, uh, you know, like that's, uh, it's that, it's Alec Can. This off season has not really been, I think, uh, banner in terms of decision-making to a lot of degrees. It's pretty much like... Yeah, we're we're cleaning up the mess a little bit, and yet, Carlos Bocanegra got an extension, right?
1: <laughs> we'. years, so it'll be here until <laughs> we have. We're hosting the World Cup, like yeah. oh god. So, I thought about that the other day. I was right, like, god damn it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, and so
0: that pretty much it. If not this, this pretty much puts him on that hot seat. I mean, pretty much these moves, you know, very much are him. You know, these past uh, at least, you know, um, two transfer windows without uh, McDonough are him. So we will see and we will be looking to see if, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, money well spent uh, on kind of uh, the pitch and in the front office. But uh, anyway, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, yeah, just one more, I guess two quick points. You know, like, the, you have those people that always come out uh, when these stories break, it's like, oh, it's a business. Well, okay, yes, like, I think players understand it's a business as well, and so I think you could even have that conversation with Ross, say, look, uh, we're trying to do something different, you're not really part, I don't think you're part of us. our plans long-term, we're going to let you go to Charlotte. You know, like, at least have that conversation, you know, and, like, just... A big part of business is word of mouth, and I, I can't imagine that Atlanta uh, United's reputation will continue to stay uh, at the high. you know, will be higher, continue to be highly regarded mm-hmm. if, uh, if there's this bad word of mouth going on in the league, which, you know, that's just natural. But And then the other thing, too, is a big part of this business, and specifically Boken job, is, you know, getting best value that you can. Yeah. And he has not been doing that, and I'm almost, I'm, like, letting Walks and Khan go, two players that you know other teams are interested in, essentially just letting them go, makes zero sense from the perspective of trying to get the most value. I just wonder if Wokenegra just doesn't feel like it's important, you know? Because he's got he the
0: did. safety net of uh, Arthur Blank's uh, blank check, exactly, essentially. Exactly. Uh, no pun intended, and, uh,
1: and that, it's that's exactly what I think it is. That's exactly yeah. what I think it is. I think the Atlanta United literally spend the most money in the league, and working with her says any problem that you know needs fixing, we can just solve it with money. You know, and it's yeah, that paper's really over like the press.
0: Yeah, and uh, and it's this. Uh, to your point of uh, it's just business from, uh, you know, fans that uh, would push back on that. There's such a thing as good business and bad business. And this is definitely bad business. And it's also bad PR when players will speak to each And no doubt they will speak to each other about uh, these ongoings, uh, you know, off the pitch, especially the lack of the human side of it. But. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up for the news, uh, in and on a spicy note, but, uh, you know, why not? It's, uh, definitely, uh, you know, we're, we're not averse to that in the Atlanta United world. That's for sure. (laughs) But, uh, okay. That pretty much does it for the episode, except for the question of the day. And speaking about Anton walks, what do you think of his words on his exit from Atlanta United? Let us know in the comments below. We look forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.